I have encountered some rather unsavory fellows from like all walks of life throughout my entire life. Like upper class, lower class, somewhere in between. And you yeah. always realize how people's paths kind of always cross when you're involved in like something unsavory, you know, people from all walks of life, like kind of coexist in this like little cesspool bubbling up. It always throws you off when the people from the upper echelon are dabbling in it, but it happens 100%. a lot more than you think. It's, it's honestly, sometimes I think it's like the majority of where the money of that comes from. You know what I mean? So it, it's kind mm -hmm. of like what feeds it, but it's not just the upper class. Like I had a buddy who was my dealer and we kind of like worked a little bit together. And I would like, when he was hot, I would drive him around um, because I'm such like an inconspicuous guy. Like, you know, what do you mm -hmm. look like? It's like generic white guy with the beard in yeah. a Chevy Impala. You know what I mean? Like most generic looking <laughs> human on the planet. So one of the guys his name is John and his name is John <laughs> Andrew. Yeah. yeah. He has yeah, a serial yeah. killer name. You know how like all serial killers have those three names. Three, yeah. I have like yeah. one of those. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we would meet all these guys that he would serve. Right. Or we would serve together. And there was this one guy who was like generic pale computer guy who would like, run out of the house with like his hoodie up, like looked like Mr. Robot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And once in a while we would like go inside his house and use with them. And he would just have like these weird setups and he was always renting like half a house. He would like be in a basement and then he would be somewhere uh, else. And yeah, yeah, yeah. There'd be the like third another floor guy. of a walk up house or whatever. And yeah, dude, he was always in like a different spot every month with like the same kind of weird setup. And the weirdest thing about this guy was he had this like big pet pig. Like I was going to say, did he have an iguana? Shit. I was literally no. going to say, did he have an iguana? Yeah. He had a pig. <laughs> pig is way crazier, but I knew it. I knew it. It was crazy looking. And this thing was like big dude. It was like a house pig. Like this thing was big. Um, Yeah. And like once in a while, like I had like, traded him like drugs for like computer software and i would like drop my macbook off and he would put like photoshop on it for free for mm -hmm. like whatever shit like that um and then i didn't see him for a little while so i asked my homeboy i was like yo whatever happened to what's his name and he's like oh you didn't hear about this i'm like no so that guy would do what was called black hat hacking, which we know mm -hmm. from the movie black hat and you know, yeah. what's her name gets involved a little bit in, in it. And the movie we're about to talk about David Fincher's great 2011 film, the girl with the dragon tattoo. Um, so what this guy would do is he would like go into companies like whatever, like computer software networks and say he was there and then ask for money. Right. And say like, give me money in this account and I'll leave. Right. Mm -hmm. This guy is now serving time in a maximum federal security prison because he held a, <laughs> he held a hospital hostage. He literally, 
Who's he, the Joker from Black Knight? Dark That's Knight. That's what I'm saying. Black, Black Knight is the fake movie. Starring Bruce Dwayne <laughs> Washington. Dwayne Washington. Shit. Shit. Yeah. But is he the Joker in Dark Knight? What the fuck? No. Apparently he like hacked into a hospital's computer system and told them like, give me a million Bitcoin or I'll like turn off the electrical. Like how? What the fuck? He's like, yeah yeah <laughs> holy <laughs> so he got That's caught literally like i'm putting a gun to your grandma's head i'm like i will pull this fucking trigger if you don't send me twenty thousand dollars right now yeah. Gam, gam, no like, yeah. holy shit yeah yeah i guess he wanted like the big score before he was like out you know what i mean like i knew he was up to no good but like i just thought he made like computer viruses or tiktok or something yeah. like i didn't yeah, know what yeah. this guy did you know what i mean i just <laughs> thought he was weird he was the pig guy i thought he like played world of warcraft and like his parents had money or something like that like i do no clue what this guy was about but um <laughs> babe pig in the in the sin city babe pig in the in the like <laughs> vice city yeah Babe, big in the city. You know? Yeah. Holy <laughs> <laughs> shit! Got the pig. I, I, I'm curious, like, what happened with the pig? You know what I mean? I still think about that thing every once in a while. Um, I know very little about computer hacking, but I know, uh, <laughs> I know you don't do that. You know what I mean? Everybody like. But this is, we are pro hacker. Anybody listening? <laughs> We're pro hacking. Do your hacking. Don't, please, please take mercy on us. Yeah, pro- yeah. Boost our Spotify algorithm. We'll hook you yeah, up. But like anything you say, this isn't us. This isn't an anti hacker thing. This is just like, this guy wasn't the best, but like, even, and if he gets out, we still like you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know this isn't a Black Hat episode. We're waiting till episode 287 for that bonus episode (laughs) on the patreon exclusive um but it's definitely like one of those like he held the nuclear facility fucking hostage kind of things (laughs) you know what i mean the Um, black hat episode even though i know you're sober we're gonna have to just do xanax on it we're gonna do a ton of xanax zannies yeah that'll be my relapse we'll save it for my 10 year sobriety yeah that's what we're gonna do folks say just stay tuned for five more years and we're gonna get andy (laughs) off the wagon and then the episodes are really gonna pop hear me talk about black hat um (laughs) we are not talking about black hat we were talking about the popular hacking movie um the girl with the dragon tattoo from 2011 directed by the great david fincher here on dgen cinema a podcast for fucked up movie lovers where two degenerates analyze film through the lens of the vices addictions and flaws that we share with their dysfunctional characters we'll be investigating thieves misers bullies the most detestable collection of people you will ever meet our podcast um (laughs) Christopher Plummer hot in this movie? Question mark. Ooh. Oh, this is actually hmm, I gotta write something down here as a note. Uh he 100 percent is, and Jesus Christ, Christopher Plummer, were you 87 years old for about 32 years? Yeah. <laughs> 
the second best Christopher Plummer movie about Nazis uh, next to The Sound of Music. I'm sure he was in like a million fucking Nazi movies. Christopher Plummer's yeah. been around the block or three in his lifetime. Even that um, that movie about the uh, Kodak family, um, not the Kodak. Oh, the yeah, family. yeah, yeah, where they the reshot family. him. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck the is Getty that? Getty family. Called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The All Getty the money family. in the world. It. Yeah, I said it. All the money in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like Nazis were somehow involved in that. I don't even, I don't remember. They Michelle had Williams be. in that for some odd reason. Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> leave. Slum- it's, it's crazy how much she slums it. That movie was directed by Sir Ridley Scott, I have you know. Um, yeah. Director he's of directed, Matchstick He's directed 1.4 good movies in the past fucking 28 years. Yeah. Every 15 years, he gets a zinger, and then he yeah. gets the Martian. Um but it's like one of those, it's like your friend who tells one good joke. You go, oh, fuck, that's funny. And then he just keeps telling that joke. You go, dude, like, just just walk away. Like, you did it good. You did get just walk away. <laughs> just walk away. You see the guy at the, yeah. from um, Mad Max 2, the road warrior, Lord Humongous, like, just walk yeah, away yeah. <laughs> to Ridley Scott. <laughs> it's like him and Russell Crowe, like, standing there with swords. Girl with the Dragon yeah, Tattoo movie, is an anomaly yeah. for me, dude. This is an anomaly of a movie. It had no business being as popular as it was, even though it is trash, that uh, highly consumed trash of the highest caliber, though. And it had Daniel Craig when he was... Not only was he still Bond... But this mm-hmm. was in the height of his bondness. Yes. Even though yes. it stars um, um, Rooney Mara. Does it, it though? Well, she's first on the. Well, I mean, it's a movie about her. Like, she's in the. the but that's the thing. She does it have a dragon tattoo. With, it opens with the first 40 minutes is basically 32 minutes of Craig and eight minutes of. Mm-hmm. Lisbeth. Yeah. The first 32 minutes is like the entire movie of The Insider. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you mentioned how this is like trash of the highest caliber. I don't think these novels are quality in any way, shape, or form. I don't think the Swedish or Scandinavian. They're made films, for airport consumption. They're just made for, hey, I just need something to pass the time. But it's like throw all the smut into like a witch's brew. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like, what do you got? And it's like biblical wrath, Nazis, intrigue, uh, journalism, espionage, hacking, rape, Rape. torture. Literally everything in this is so taboo and only exists to like, titilize that's a word right that's a fun yeah. word we should use that word more often that should be the name of the podcast keep going you're going go keep going keep going <laughs> um it, this this story is made to do nothing but titilize and make the reader think oh my god that is scandalous that is so juicy it's all the juicy things all rolled up into one that hit Like we had that wave of like airport trash in the nineties. They were called Ashley Judd vehicles. 
and <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> Ashley Judd or Michael Douglas. Well, I mean, right? everybody was jumping on the Grisham train, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that was very well put. Yeah, Ashley Judd knocked. She was that's all she was doing from 1997 until 2004. Yeah, a long she was game of spider. Uh huh. Fucking is Bone Double Collector identity. her? I don't even know. Is Bone Collector her? I don't even remember. Uh, Bone, <laughs> Bone Collector is J Law, uh, Jennifer uh, Lopez, and uh, uh, my boy uh, Denzel. Okay, but still, like same deal. Jennifer, yeah, yeah, Lopez yeah, did a bunch of these the too. Dis- dispensable, whatever movies. Yeah, exactly. Like cheap thrills, made on the cheap little genre fucking nothing things just and they always have a twist at the end every Mm -hmm. single time yeah and michael douglas was usually sleeping on his wife you know what i mean or like sleeping whoa whoa whoa. we're not gonna do any much because fucking michael douglas i loved (laughs) trash michael douglas basic instinct everyone knows it i know fatal attraction is everyone knew it at the time and it was a Mm -hmm. pop culture phenom Mm-hmm. But now it's been so many years removed. People, that is a incredible movie. Um, disclosure and disclosure with Demi Moore. Where she blows uh-huh. them, and she Demi uh-huh. Moore has never been hotter. Way hotter than she is. It was pre striptease, I think. It was or just after striptease. I forget. I think it's pre striptease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Sorry, I'm showing off how much I know about horrible '90s movies. No, it, but that's what I mean. Next like, week. Folks, no, mate, you're not gonna want to miss our episode of Bird on a Wire next week. Tango <laughs> and <Dingo in> Cash. <laughs> yeah, um, there was that giant run of these airport trash movies, but they were usually ninety minutes, very formulaic, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then something kind of miraculous happened in the mid two thousands where young adult franchises it was really harry potter's kind of fault you know what i mean but these young adult franchises started getting film adaptations we got twilight well that's Virgin. twilight as well yeah twilight that's what like i'm 07, saying 06 i don't know exactly but around there absolutely it was that time um mm. hunger games twilight all of those kinds of hunger films. games is after but yeah hunger yeah. games is 2010s yeah exactly it was the early 2010s and those books were really mm. big And Hollywood was thinking, like, how do we sell these things to adults? And the first big one was Dan Brown, right? And that Ron Howard Mm -hmm. fucking movie. And yeah, it that movie sucks so bad. You know what I mean? It's terrible. They even have Ben Foster and he sucks. And Ben Foster, how is it Ben? How do you make Ben Foster suck? Yeah, it's it's astonishing. And like Ron Howard, like maybe the most mid director like of all time, right? Like just competent guy. Whenever I see Ron Howard attached, I just go, okay, it's all like I'm not like it I'm not gonna watch. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. There's yeah. so many great films out there, undiscovered films from in the past too, that I could watch. I just go, All right, yeah. New I just Ron Howard's no, right. thank you. I'm out. Yeah, when these books... Like we say, t- Sir Ridley Scott would joke, and would joke you even make a good movie every 15 years. I still tune in every time. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Once in a while, you get The Last Duel, or The Martian, or yeah. whatever. You know what I mean? I don't even like The Martian. I was just like, oh, it's fine. I mean, it's fine. I Sorry, like we're Martian. totally off track here. Yeah. Never forget that The Martian won the Golden Globe for Best Picture Musical Comedy. That's what it won the Golden Globe for. <laughs> 
It's not particularly musical. It's definitely not even funny. Like, what the fuck are we even talking about here? That hilarious <laughs> romp from the Hollywood Fun Press. Um, but yeah, no, part of that wave was definitely like, what can we snatch up that is already written for us? And how can we turn that into Twilight for adults? And I mean, this is always happening. A version of something like that is always happening. That's fine. If, whether it be they're grabbing comic books or they're grabbing old TV shows or what. Like, sure. sure. It's just, it's, it's, it's just fine. Sure. But essentially with those like serialized series, yeah, serialized series, that sounds so fucking dumb. Those like serialized yeah. adaptations, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how can we make three of these? How can we have the next Matrix? How can we have the next Lord of the fucking Rings? You know what I mean? And at that point in time, do you remember, like, we talked about David Fincher because he has the killer out right now on Netflix. And we did a mini episode on it. We talked about movies that are on Netflix that don't suck because the majority of Netflix yeah. is a fucking There's cesspool. literally six of them. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my dude in the comment section on Spotify who answered our reply saying, The Irishman, I see you. I didn't mention it because I didn't want to get into a fight with Brandon on the podcast, but yeah. we see you. Um, we don't care for your company, but we do see you. <laughs> <laughs> Fincher uh, was attached to some real garbage projects at this point in time. Do you remember when he was going to make like the World War Z sequel? Like this was like that error of Fincher. <laughs> And yeah, like, there was a, there was a time. Yeah, Fincher. It was funny because everyone now, everyone, film geek dudes, people, Harold mm -hmm. Zodiac as a masterpiece. Mm -hmm. No one gave a shit about Zodiac when Zodiac came out. Mm -hmm. It didn't help that you it came out saying? the same so, week as fucking No Country for Old Men and There Will Be Blood. Like I always forget that that happened, but yeah. I didn't realize those are all so similar. So I know they're um, 2007. Anyways. Yeah. Regardless. Yeah, yeah. Fincher was always a guy who made films that cost a lot of money because to get it to the way he wanted to do it required extreme meticulous planning, extreme composition actors who are willing to do yeah, what he he's requests. Art, he's he's art house michael bay that's a fucking fantastic way of putting <laughs> it where he is like truly like an advertising guy mm -hmm. teetering on artistry where he turns the idea of the film genre like the 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 medium of film he's the perfect blend of like commerce and fucking like art. Um, he had a big hit with the social network. That movie not only got extreme acclaim, but it did make like a pretty penny for the studio. Got a lot of prestige. The timing of it was perfect though. It Didn't was you? before people, it was before everyone jumped ship on Facebook mm -hmm. and Facebook was the Twitter used to be the people like, ah, 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 and Instagram was a nut was nothing. Mm-hmm. And people used to just be like, ah, and 
everybody was on everybody was on Facebook then. It was before literally meaning everyone who used social media was on Facebook is what I mean to say. And it was before mm-hmm. literally everybody, your grandma, your auntie, your uncle, your everybody jumped on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And so when it came out, it was very culturally pop culture relevant. Yeah. I, and I still, he just directed the shit out of it. Whew. Dude, condensing a 220-page fucking Sorkin script into literally under two hours, like he did this monumental task in doing so. It's it's imagine this- he let Sorkin do this movie. That'd no. be so annoying. Well, <laughs> yeah. that's kind of the that, that would be so annoying. No one would shut the fuck up. I kind of like the silence yeah. in this movie. Um it's a it's a very quiet, soft movie, and it even opens with the MGM Lion. Instead mm-hmm. of going, it just goes, it's nothing. Like it opens his mouth and it goes. And I think it even hits it with like a little um computer static. Yes. Yeah. This is Fincher's peak for me is Zodiac to Gone Girl, right? That's mm-hmm. what I think is his creative and artistic, like his best output is right My here. My personal two favorites, because and I'm just saying, because I watch them on loop the most are... Girl with a Dragon Tattoo and Gone Girl. And both of them are airport novel trash that he's somehow mm-hmm. able to elevate into a level of prestige that it, it doesn't even deserve to be at, right? And more so Gone Girl can be seen kind of as this like fable on like modern society and shit like that. But like this movie is just, it's cheap thrills and Fincher would never be able to make a film with, this is a hundred million dollar budget. He would have never been granted the kind of artistic freedom that he was Sony, given. Sony's behind it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It came out during the no, Sony just, hacks. They yeah. They don't put movies like that out anymore. No, like not at all. I mean, at that budget. So I just pulled it up. So Sony was behind Sicario, what do you think the budget was for Sicario? 35 mil. 30. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't put they don't put triple digits or six digits. Or sorry, I'm saying the wrong. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know what you mean. Fucking, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm saying yeah. win the millions, you know. They don't do that anymore. But this is our shit right here, Brandon. Like these those mid-budget genre movies, I'll use the H word, the heats of the world, right? Mm-hmm. The the kiss, kiss, bang, bangs of the world, the fucking Sicarios of the world, those like competent filmmaker genre movie might have something to say, but really it's just throwing its fucking cock on the table and saying like, have a meal. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's just beautiful to watch. It just looks nice, sounds nice, and everybody on there is giving their fucking best and we're not we're not winking at the camera we're actually being sincere mm-hmm. even though it doesn't deserve sincerity no no like there might be something said in Gone this Girl. is why i don't like i don't like the glass onion movies ryan no? johnson even though I, i'm a big ryan jo- i'm sorry i used to be a big ryan johnson guy because i was on the ground floor for brick same i don't like the glass onion movies at all because they're too much like wink wink like we're fucking at the camera i was like i hate that shit just just either be a farce like flat out genuine farce or be genuine meaning genuine with your emotions so i kind of i'm selling it i kind of look at those movies as farces like 
I see them. They as, don't, they as, don't, this is a, this is what the difference is because they don't. To me, they're not farcical enough. Okay, it's too much. You're being clever. You're not being funny. Be fucking funny. There's a difference between being clever and funny. Clever isn't in itself funny. It's clever. It's mm-hmm. like, huh? That's clever. Funny. You laugh like you don't, and you don't even know why you laugh. Mm-hmm. You clever want more clue is, in your uh, knives out mystery? Yeah, literally, like just let it. Sw- Anyways, I don't want. Anyway, that's a yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. I, I totally get yeah. it. Um, yeah, it, it, it's just absolutely insane that this thing exists. Hey, we're talking I, DGen right now. We're talking. I want to get in because I want to get into this. I'm speaking over you, and I apologize, no. but I want to get into the DGen. You know, qualities of this movie so much, and it kills me that so Mikel. Dana Craig's character mm-hmm. is at the worst point of his life. He's lost. He says uh, he's lost his life savings. He's got embarrassed. Um, and he had a lot of stature and now he's mm-hmm. fucking got to run off and he is spiraling. Yeah. And he's drinking more than he should. And he's not fucking whatever. He just doesn't have it together. And even though he takes, and then he takes this case, I'm calling it a case, but story? I don't know. Assignment? What he, he gets, assignment? Yeah. He takes this assignment, and he's staying at not his own place, and he's not keeping it well. He lets a random cat come in, and he just, like, adopts this random cat. It's like, you're this fucking 40-year-old, 44-year-old guy, and you just, okay, random cat, that's fine, but you don't have anything set up you are leaving everything strewn about and you are actually turning into lisbeth you are turning into a crazy person with no social a crazy person yeah who's devolving and they meet each other at the same time and that's just how she operates because she was dealt and they say she was dealt a bad hand in life and she was Mm -hmm. so she's she's just getting she's just coping because it's like, I got no other options. He's just actually dealing with adversity extremely poorly. Yeah, in a very bad way. And they never yeah. flat out have him say it again. He's no, keeping up no. appearances pretty well, like in public and still mm-hmm. speaking a well. One of my favorite parts of this movie that really showcases that, and it, it kind of happens throughout the entire thing. After the case breaks, where whatever he like, which gets one arrested in the beginning with for the libel oh, oh, okay. where he like yes. published okay. a story yeah, yeah. that they proved wasn't true. Yeah. He goes into like a corner store, orders mm-hmm. a pack of marble reds. You see him take one cigarette out, lights it and throws away the whole pack. And throughout the yeah. movie, you start <laughs> seeing him take more and more cigarettes. More out and of more packs. Yeah. 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 It's just a nice little way to show this guy, like slowly stopping to give a fuck what other people care about him until he meets Lisbeth and, they're in the same place in their life where they're just like paper Dude, everywhere. Oh yeah, and he's there, even when she shows up, he goes, "I actually prefer people to smoke outside," and she just ignores him, and keeps smoking, and then cut like three scenes later, he's smoking in bed with her. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the movie, when like he's kind of a scumbag and he kind of gets what he needs out of her, and then starts to kind of like detach and be like, "Well, that was a fun little fling." She like offers him a cigarette when she gets back from her trip or whatever. And he's, and he's like, like, ah, yeah, I don't. And Robin Wright is like watching over from the mm-hmm. distance. And mm-hmm. he's like, ah, no, yeah, I don't, I don't really do that anymore. And she's like, oh, okay. But we're still cool, right? He's like, 
actually we're also not even really cool <laughs> yeah even like, though hey, you're if the I, best if piece I of ass later, i'm gonna ask you but yeah um i love how when we see her place though it's totally scattered it's like a total mm-hmm. mess even though like professionally that's she what that person would be like oh of course of course do i need to tell you about the uh and I love it. I, I love the detail of the person with loved. the pig. <laughs> it was not great. <laughs> of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. There were two liters of soda and pizza boxes everywhere in that dude's apartment. Yeah, I have one friend, uh, childhood friend, who's a hacker dude. Not hack, hacker is not right, but he's a very computer savvy guy, whatever. And you go over his place and it just is just i mean literally everything is everywhere yeah it's everything is just fucking everywhere and you're like okay and i'm not talking messy i just this is next level like it doesn't ever get because there's there's messy and then there's people who get it and then they get it cleaned up every few weeks Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. i'm talking it just never gets nowhere ever finds a place nothing ever out of actual place organized chaos that's what he was kind so that's what lisbeth is Mm-hmm. And uh, shout outs to her um, lesbian hookup girl because that girl is so beautiful. The girl she picks up so at the club. Hot. Yeah. She ended up being in something kind of big. Uh, oh, really? I have to Google it again. Yeah. Good for her. Googled She's it. a smoke show. Yeah. Um, and then Fincher's when he done shows a good up, job with uh, hot Asian side characters. Remember like Brenda Song or whatever in Social Network? Well, she's obviously a Disney chick and she married Macaulay Culkin. Oh, really? Good for Macaulay Culkin. She's a smoke show. Um, She is devastatingly beautiful. (laughs) And she's also as unhinged as they make humans. Hell yeah. I'm all about that. Um, Elodie Young is the girlfriend who she bangs, and she actually Mm. played Elektra in the Daredevil show on Netflix. That's how I know that lady. That's how we know that lady. Um, What do you think of the dueling protagonist in this? Meaning what do you mean? But when you say, what do I think? So like for a big budget kind of, I'll call it a popcorn movie for lack of better words, but this thing was like kind of sold to the masses. This had a huge. I mean, outside outside of the fucking sex scenes, I would watch this movie with my mother. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the sex scenes are crazy. But there um, are intense, long sex scenes, so I have not. But I'm saying outside of it, yes, it is it is a very – even Gone Girl. Outside mm-hmm. of the, like, graphic killing NPH, mm-hmm. it's very it's fine boiler. to watch with you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a plot boiler. It's like a kind of cool whodunit at the end of the day. Like, it's a detective story. But this thing has – dueling protagonists that don't intertwine till like two thirds the way through the film is essentially That's where they too like, long. I think it's maybe, yeah, at least halfway, at least halfway. Yeah. Cause this has like, so, you know, there's most films have like that, that three act structure where like you get, you know, intro conflict resolution. This thing mm-hmm. has like a definitive five act structure where you have like, the two intros. Well, the inciting, it, well what Venture did was he, he made it literal novelistic. Like he literally took from the novel. Let's do this. Cause that's what, when move like, and you read a novel, it'll be like one chapter is Elizabeth next chapter 
is uh, Daniel Craig, Mikal, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then the next chapter is maybe the killer's perspective or something. And then, then mm-hmm. later in the book, it starts all intertwining. That's mm-hmm. what Fincher did. I haven't read this book. I have no interest in ever reading this book. No, it's <laughs> I've watched trash. the Swedish version of the movie. I've watched this. I don't need to. I've watched this 400 times. I watched the Swedish version a couple times. I don't need to visit the book. Um. But that's what that speaking about the act structure, that's what he's doing is he's making it and he's almost playing without playing with the timeline. He's almost playing with time. It almost Mm -hmm. feels like we're like jumping back. We're jumping like even though they aren't. Yeah. Before they intersect at at one singular point. Yeah. Yeah. It it reminds me a lot of the novelistic approach like you approach Gone Girl especially has that where it's like Amy's side, then Ben Affleck's side, then Amy's side. Yeah, and Gone Girl literally does the, we're jumping back, now we're jumping Mm -hmm. forward, we're jumping this. But this almost has like a TV structure to it, like the way, like a police procedural would. Yeah, 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 yeah. It reminds me a lot of like a cop show, like an NYPD Blue or or even like Star Trek, where like you have five commercial breaks in the hour, so you have to do these little mm. mini arcs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and eventually you get no, the inciting that, incident, and then like, a like I wrote down Dakota. on this watch, it's at the forty-five minute mark that um her new conservator makes her suck his dick. Oof. And that's where things start to get really gnarly in the movie. Yeah. Uh, but that's 45 minutes in. I feel like if you didn't have the discipline like Fincher does, that would be at like the 15, 20 minute mark. Yep. To show, look at what she's going through and look at this is why she's like this and this is how damaged she's like. No, he gives you everything about her. And then he goes, oh, and by the way, the reason she's like this is because she gets dealt. This isn't her first time. And you get the impression she's because she was in and out of the system that Mm -hmm. she's been forced to do things like this in the past. She like tried. They don't explicitly say it. Like she doesn't look in the camera. Yeah, she doesn't look in the camera (laughs) and say, Oh, another dick, you know, another dick, another day, whatever. She doesn't like say anything like that or write in a Mm -hmm. journal. Like, I can't believe today was my forty seventh forced dick suck. But it's like, oh, clearly you've just had a horrible life where situations like this have arose often so like there are three gnarly sexual assault sequences in this film the shot where the force blowjob in the office mm. right with her new mm. guardian um the anal literal anal scene where he ties mm. her up to the bed and she videotapes him and then the sequence where she <laughs> ties him up and gags him and sticks a dildo up his butt and tattoos yeah Yeah. i'm a rapist pig on his chest um this is the second movie of finchers to have a man being penetrated with a dildo up his butt right that happens in seven am i correct in saying that no you're not no i'm not it's like a knife dildo up a lady right yeah, 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 yeah. And okay. he, he's forced to He does that whole that guy. I forget that guy. He's a he's a known character actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's good, and he's even good in Seven. But the, it just is a little clunky. Yeah. Uh, do Do you think Fincher knows what happens when you pull something out of a dude who's not ready for it um, that quickly? Do you think he's familiar with the repercussions of that? 
Uh, I know it's shitty. <laughs> Dude. So like I used to uh, hang out on like the South shore of Long Island, like these beaches when I was a younger kid. And okay. My buddy <laughs> was sounds like, a, like, this sounds like you're uh, soliciting, but okay. Yeah. Pretty much, you know, like fire Island, you know what I mean? Wink, <laughs> yeah, wink, yeah. Wink, <laughs> yeah. No, but my buddy was like a lifeguard over there. And like the area that he was a lifeguard was very touristy. And there was mm-hmm. a bridge going to another barrier Island uh, called Kismet where there were all these like rental homes and things along those lines. And like one night, we got like trashed and I went home with like this like really hot 40 something year old when I was like 20, 21. Maybe oh, I was like 21, crazy 22. When you're, tw- when you're in early twenties, it's like wild jump. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was old enough to drink, but like all of a sudden this like, and I was like in good shape and all that stuff. And I was, you know, young, dumb mm-hmm. and full of cum. I was a blue light special um, as they would say. And when I get into this woman's house, I notice all the furniture is like wrapped up in plastic. And I think, you know, I got some friends whose moms keep everything in plastic because I don't want shit to go wrong. You're like, furniture. hey, I still fucking, you're like so young. I don't know. Maybe I dip my Oreos and I want to get milk on your shit, like whatever. Exactly. <laughs> pizza exactly. pockets. Go, Sometimes I have my yeah. pizza pockets. I eat my pizza pockets too quickly. I get it. I what, get it, lady. I, I drop a Tatino on your couch. I'd hate to get a yeah. stain on your couch. You know, I spill <laughs> my high C or my juicy yeah. juice. I would hate to do that. Um, this includes her bed, right? And um, no. <laughs> Brandon, it's about to get so much worse, dude. Well, I know it's going, but I would feel like, are you going to murder me? You know, I wasn't really thinking about that because I was, once again, a blue light special. I was young, dumb, mm-hmm. and full of cum. And I'm thinking, oh my God, this older, experienced woman's about to teach me something that, like, I don't even know about. And uh, mm-hmm. she did. She did. Uh, I'd equate it more to pin the tail on the donkey because, like, halfway through going at it with this lady, she comes out with these beads and i was like okay i know what these do and she's like yeah but these are for you and i'm like oh boy um i'm not gonna say no that was a problem of mine for like yeah. about 32 years i like didn't know how to Did say you take no them to- like uh rosaries and start like blessing yourself oh shit like, yeah. Jesus, i'm gonna <laughs> exactly exactly i found true religion yeah. Yeah. yeah i did the bad lieutenant thing and i just start like yeah exactly with yeah with your dick out here yeah. cocaine in my face raping a nun or whatever the fuck um no, but she she shoves him in there and I go at her and I just kept thinking like, cause they were like swinging below me. And I remember just thinking it must've looked like I had like a donkey tail or something along yeah, those lines. Yeah, yeah. And then afterwards when I finish up, I'm like, okay, like, you know, I still got these things. And she's like, oh, don't worry. Yeah. And she goes to pull them out. And like, as I'm saying, like, take it easy. Like, I can't even say it. Like, I can't even yeah. finish the sentence. Take like, a fu- it easy. Yeah. Like you ever like yank a weed whacker or a lawnmower that can't start? Yeah, yeah. It just flew all over her, dude. Like, oh. and, and I'm like, oh my fucking god! I and I'm I'm turning around like so embarrassed because I just yeah. like projectile shit all over this like gorgeous woman, and I just see her on her knees on the bed liking it, and I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> That's what you did. That's what you got me for. Cause you knew you could trick yeah. me into this. And um, it's always like, you know, Fincher, a guy who's 
famously a stickler for details. Oh no, I gotta I gotta tell you another story. I'm gonna make it really quick, even though I could tell a long version. That was really like as <laughs> almost as good as what you said, but I'll tell the fucking two second version that I met this girl randomly. Well, because this is interesting. So I was walking, I was in a hotel and I was walking down and I, these, me and my buddies were loud and these girls I could hear were, it was fucking 3 a.m. They were looking through, they could hear us and they were looking through the people. Oh, nice. And I went to the door and I just started knocking on their door really hard. Mm-hmm. And these girls opened and, it's just, and I could hear them like giggling. So I knew they were like, whatever. I it just, I put in my head, I just assumed they're cute. They went, opened the door, they're cute. I go, yeah, uh, we're uh, security, and we've had a lot of noise complaints from your room. And they go, oh. what? And I go, yeah, we have a lot of noise complaints from your room. So I go, so you're going to have to leave this room and come to our room, come party. And they go, mm-hmm. okay. And they did, right? Yeah, good score. And there were two strippers. And the one girl starts telling me how she has a regular that pays her to shit on him. Whoa. And that she used to crush taco bell before going to see him and then just make a fucking scattered <laughs> pun intended yeah mess <laughs> damn man it's like a jackson pollock painting on that fat yeah, yeah, chest, exactly. yeah 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 <laughs> i had a buddy who was a bartender who told me one time like he went home with the chick and started like hooking up with her and then like shit everywhere and got real embarrassed and like ran out and then just was like praying. Wait, who's she, shitting in that scenario? I don't. He sorry, I don't shit. Catch like she oh, okay. came back to his house, and then he like pooped all over her while they were like fucking hooking up. And he like ran into the bathroom and like hid there for like twenty minutes, hoping she would leave. And then like came back, and she was still in there. And she's like, "Hey, I hope you don't mind. I slipped you a bunch of laxatives while you were working." Oh my god! Oh. Okay, we're losing. Yeah. Anybody who would have lost, we lost. I, I, we apologize. We apologize for all the poop jokes for the past 15 we're gonna minutes. Clean up, we're going to clean up our stories well, here. Everyone in this fucking movie is a dirtbag. Except, yeah, except for Christopher Plummer Michelle's and the daughter. daughter. Oh, Plummer even is kind of... He's not scumbag, but he's... I guess no, no. You're right. He is more. He is well intentioned with. I forget what's her name. That the um the girl who was missing. Yeah, Anita. Uh, no, she's Anita's her fake name. Uh, what's yeah, her the real? daughter, the daughter yeah, Helena, yeah. Helen, something like that. Yeah. Um, we promise we have seen the movie <laughs> like a billion fucking times. Harriet um, is it Harriet? Harriet, you got it. Yeah, Harriet Tubman, yeah. success. Um, Harriet Vanger. <laughs> I love how, again, this is like the D-Gen Cinema podcast and the whole concept and conceit of this show where you and I having these like late night conversations about movies and talking about us relating to these characters. And then in the middle of the conversation being like, I know they're not a great guy, but. I know they're not a good person, but I get where they're coming from in those instances. And Mm. everyone in this movie is essentially like playing somebody for whatever their personal gain is. Like there is no actual motivation for Daniel Craig's character other than getting out of the situation that he had been put in, like putting his life back on track. And by the end of it, when his life's back on track, he literally tells the only good thing that came out of this entire situation. 
to like beat it without telling her to beat it. He like ghosts her. Um, and then every Best person piece of ass he's ever had. That's she is hot in this movie, right? What? What, are you talking like, about? what the fuck are we talking? Who are we talking about? What, what the fuck are you even saying? There's not debatable. It's not. Any, what do you mean? Right. What are we talking? Yes. She's well, like they treat her like she's like weird looking. And it's like, it's so funny in this movie. They go, oh, she's got extended earlobes. I'm like, she is a 12. Like, holy fuck. Yeah. Like put on Marilyn Manson. Although, do you not, do you have, I have friends. Like, I literally do have friends like that. They'll see a beautiful girl with tattoos and they're like, ugh. I'm like, what? Even if you're not in tattoos, I get it. You're not tattoos, but like, this is a gorgeous person i i don't understand people that if it doesn't fit exactly into the mold they're just like Ugh. like beggars cannot be yeah but choosers. she's beautiful but uh you know i'm not into indian chicks i'm like she just whatever it is like holy fuck what are we talking about beauty is beauty i don't get you you know what i'm talking about here you have friends, i know exactly you have have what you're this. talking about yeah. i know exactly and it's not like i'm saying like i i don't have like types and things along those lines but like I always tell those people like, close your eyes. Imagine that person walking up to you naked. What are you thinking? And it's like, yeah, I know exactly what you're thinking. You're a fucking liar. That's a piece of ass. You are a fucking liar. Daniel Craig too in this movie is so hot. And they like try yeah. and make him look schlubby. Like apparently, I know. Yeah. you know, like he well, showed up in the, mi- it's in the midst of his uh, bond, like in the prime of his bond years. So mm-hmm. he's actually bond. Yeah, he's not layer cake Craig. No, because that's pre Bond, mm-hmm. where he was just handsome ish. I mm-hmm. remember seeing layer cake with my girlfriend at that time. She was like, "Wow, I like that's my that was her movie crush," mm-hmm. and I didn't get it. I honestly was like, "Oh, I just don't get it." And uh-huh. then he was Bond. I'm like, "Oh, now I get it," because yeah, he got yeah. all beefed up and everything. Mm-hmm. But ever since he's been Bond, he just stayed beefed. Yeah, but Fincher told him apparently he showed up on set like in bond shape and he's like perfect start eating <laughs> like get fat you know like we need you to get schlubby he didn't and approach like, but he didn't even approach it he didn't even, not even close <laughs> yeah we see him with his shirt off in a couple scenes here and yeah, yeah but he wasn't sly alone in copland you know uh, something i've been meaning to talk to you about what's up with the low rating on copland you don't like that movie oh, copland can suck my dick and i like james mangold a lot Okay. Copland can get the fuck out of here. It's so heavy handed. It's so fucking mm-hmm. cheesy. Okay. So corny. Okay. I like Copland. I've been meaning to talk. Yeah, we'll just, talk you about don't it only like it because of where you're from. I might only like it because I'm a dirtbag from New York. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I see myself in everything in that movie. Um, the big villain reveal at the end being like, kind of the most obvious thing in the fucking movie where like Stellan Skarsgård being nice the entire time. He's so overly nice. He's the only (laughs) person who's overly nice. And it's also like, huh, why did they pick Stellan Skarsgård for this role? (laughs) Is he just going to be the nice guy? Whatever. It's like, I feel like he always has meteor roles (laughs) and he does. And he chew once they reveal him of the villain though, you're right. It's corny as shit the way they do it. But it's once they, it's not corny how he no. chews up every bit of dialogue once it's revealed that he is the villain. When he has Craig on the uh, hoist downstairs in the base in the kill zone, whatever the fuck he calls it, yeah. murder, 
<laughs> murder den, whatever. Yeah, the and, murder sex dungeon. Yeah. And he's like, oh, man, I never did this to a man before. He's like, fuck, it usually makes me come with women. I don't know. He's like, I guess am I going to come with men? Or you're kind of beautiful, man. I guess I will come. And then he says, Pulls out his Craig's, dick. Craig says, oh, if I died, I knew who I had it all solved. It's all going to be released to the police or whatever. He starts like talking shit. And, uh-huh. it, and the way. Skarsgård just dismisses it. Yeah, no, no, no. He's just speaking over him. No, no, it's not. No, it's not. This is so good. And even like before that, when he Craig is like snooping around the house and like figuring it all out, and he pulls the knife. Dude, yeah. And then he invites them back in, and Craig's looking all nervous. Uh, Bring the knife with you. And his little speech where he's like, you know, you knew I was the psychotic serial killer like Nazi you serial chose guy. to follow decorum over saving your own life. Yeah. Like you literally chose etiquette and being polite. You could have just but run to be and real. And this is why it's like, this is why that's a trash novel. Fuck 1 billion times out of a billion. I'm in that situation. I just bolt. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> like no way you could say any, I would just bolt. I would just, as soon as I see you, I just start running. Okay. Okay. Fuck this guy's dangerous. Like I need to get the fuck out. Like you just bolt. I just yeah. need to get like into a public space because I can't be alone with this guy. He goes, yeah. uh, okay. And he's just like, dun, 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 dun. and he goes back. What the fuck? <laughs> so <laughs> dope. Craig's retired. Like, are you low key mentally handicapped in this movie? I don't understand some of your decisions. I think he's just a dope. Like, he is a dope. He's a, he's dope. a sap. He's, he's a, a sap. sap. He's a sap. Yeah. 100%. 100%. And, the choice of playing Enya is fucking hilarious. Like that's a great yeah. music cue, dude. That is yeah. a great music cue because it's so off putting. Like, I don't know if they had them where you were from or if it was very regional, this might be a very specific thing, but did you have advertisements for like compilation CDs you could like buy off TV? Oh yeah. 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 Do you remember pure moods? I, I, no. I like, Okay. I don't. No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I vividly remember just these like, like, cause like back in the nineties, kids TV would just like end eventually. And it would just like, yeah. sorry, MTV and comedy. No, Central it would totally on go. Anymore. <laughs> like, like, end, yeah. End, like <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, you have an hour of pure moods commercials followed by an hour of girls gone wild commercials. Like until, mm-hmm. Comedy Central started back up at like six in the morning. And I just yeah. remember that pure mood CD and being like, this sounds like the lamest shit ever. And it was just that Saloway, Saloway, <laughs> like, and then like Sinead O'Connor or something like that. Like it yeah. was just shit like that or chance that like monk group, that old monk group or whatever. Um, the whole murder dungeon sequence and him just being like, Skarsgård being like, so you're totally fucked right now. You want to know the deal? You're a fucking reporter. Ask me. Oh, you're too scared to ask me? Let me tell you my James Bond plan. <laughs> you know, what I mean? like yeah. it's such a Bond villain. <laughs> yeah. While the wick, while the wick on the uh, bomb attached to you slowly burns, yeah. so or like the cat jumps up on his lap, to... he puts on his eye yeah. patch. Yeah. Um, is Daniel Craig one of the best? cinematic figures to be tortured on screen 
of like the past 25 years between this and Casino Royale? Is he in our Hall of Fame? Oh, yeah, yeah. The ball, the ball hit. And uh, that's pretty good. I mean, you didn't prep me for this at all. Who yeah, I can't think else? of anybody better, but yeah, definitely up there. You know, I put him in the Hall of Fame because that ball hitting sequence where they cut the hole at the bottom of the chair and they just oh, he even his- chirps back. He's like, oh, I think you uh, missed a spot or something like that. I forget what <laughs> yeah. he says, but I haven't seen the movie yeah. in so long. But uh, Casino Royale, wonderful on release. Uh, it doesn't hold up so so wonderfully, but on release, hmm. we can just uh, we can applaud as. Because they weren't doing movies like that in the mid two thousands. Before that, no, no, it was. I the mean, we're, perfect- and, and, uh, we're talking big budget. We're talking studio. Totally, it was like it's what the Bourne movies and the Paul Greengrass action like promised us, like delivered. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, there's almost something here with this like slick cutting and handheld yeah. stuff. Like, give it to me, but good. And then it's mm-hmm. like Mission Impossible three. Casino Royale, like those are like the promise that Paul Greengrass had promised us or whatever. Um, The final, you know, damsel in distress being fucking James Bond too and being rescued by this meek kind of psychopath woman is fucking sick too. And like her rescuing him. But she he, she has a simmering rage the entire time, all uh, throughout everything she does. It's right underneath there. And she shows it where she gets her laptop stolen and she finds the guy who stole it and not stolen, like swiped off her. And then she beats the guy. And she like fucking really, really beats the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, she's got insane rage issues. Yeah. And so when she gets a chance, she unleashes a, what is it? Golf club, yeah. Golf. I was gonna say baseball bat. There would not be a baseball bat in Sweden. So yeah, no. she, is there? Are there any baseball bats in Sweden? They can't be. They can't. They be. can't. They they probably play cricket. Maybe right. Cricket would be the only. And I don't even think they play cricket. She kicks Fuck a soccer Sweden. ball at his face, or or that crazy <laughs> fake lacrosse thing they play in the Northmen. She uses one of those things. Those I like don't even get. I don't even field ca- hockey don't even clubs. Those field hockey clubs. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, she uses a golf club on the guy's fucking golf face. club. Yeah, she swings on him. Then she says to Craig, "May I kill him or can I kill? How does she word it? May I kill him? Question yeah, mark. Yeah, may I kill him? And he's, and like, he's like, yeah, yeah, go get him. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, and then it turns into a fantastical tape. Fucking <laughs> great, dude. It's, it's okay. <laughs> Fucking great. And like, but yeah, I let's mean, talk be- about the, um, before, before we, we wrap it up here. Uh, what oh, do you got before you gotta, we wrap l- it up? I was going to say, before we wrap it up, if we want to talk about just the last bit, the, um, epilogue of her with Mikal, Mikal, the end, with, them with, saying goodbye to yeah, one another. The, end. the last, the last 25 minutes of the movie, which is that you think the movie is going to end with, the killer being killed and it mm-hmm. doesn't yeah there's the twist that re- the girl's actually still alive like he was really confused when i mentioned killing harriet and they realize that this woman is still alive and they have this one yeah. last adventure to go on i don't like that as much as i like the very end of this thing where throughout that entire thing they're having like what i'm talking about is the very end yes yeah this, they, they have this yeah, like yeah. actual romance throughout all of that um 
scenes of them post And she finally starts feeling comfortable and she even opens up to her original conservator. Mm-hmm. Hey, I found someone that you'd approve of finally. Like she's like, oh, she's feeling proud of herself and she's feeling uh, comfortable enough in her own skin to be, hey, maybe I can let myself, maybe I can, I don't have to put up all these barriers with people. Maybe I mm-hmm. can know people. And she gets a jacket specially made that I he know. had, it's like the most thoughtful gift ever imaginable. <laughs> I know. I know. And then, and then she just, just throws it in the trash because yeah. he's just a fucking <laughs> dick. Because he's like, I don't know. We had sex, you know, fucking 12 times. It was great. But like, I'm back with like hot old Robin Penn. I mean, she, Robin Wright. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Whatever. And, and yeah. And like, yeah. And I'm going to, and he goes, and that whole like smoky, I don't smoke. I don't, not only do I not smoke inside, I don't smoke anymore. Period. Yeah, uh, I put away Great the dishes. Line. I I keep everything nice now. I have everything in order. You are too disorderly for me. No, mm-hmm. thank you. And she's like, no, thank you. Fuck. She's like, I guess nobody wants me. Which is funny. I always find this funny in movies when they cast people who are just unruly hot. It's uh-huh. like, okay, I trust me. Like, you want she, this? Like, yeah. <laughs> Rooney Mara would find someone to be like, "Hey, you are good enough." <laughs> yeah, I can't find yeah. anybody, to, anybody to accept me. <laughs> like, like you could fix my laptop. You got a photographic memory, so you'll always remember what I like. And look at you, look at you, yeah. look at you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, you're bisexual. Yeah, and you get down with the ladies and. Good taste in ladies, too. You know, that kind of like, is she a junkie? Doesn't matter. She's still hot kind of thing. Very, Mm -hmm. very into it. Um, I was going to say before wrapping it up, man, one of the things we didn't really talk about when we did The Killer is Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross's score. Talk about D-Gen scores. I know you like guys like Cliff Martinez, like kind of famed degenerate scores where like you listen to these things and you feel the fucking movie as you're listening Mm -hmm. to them. Like you get the pulse of that fucking movie. You get the pulse of that vibe. Yeah. Reznor and Fitch are more like Enya backgroundy moody. Okay. I, I guess it's not as it's not as like like a Cliff Martinez score outside of Solaris. Cliff Martinez scores are usually like, especially when he's with Refn, like you feel them. Like a tangerine dream, like okay, okay. I I have an opposite take with Reznor, where like I think oh, there's a lot of Reznor people out there. They're like, oh, it's not, it's it's a wonderful score, but it's not a score. It's more of just like a collection of sounds in the background, mood. Yeah, which it's not like a composer. They don't Mm -hmm. see it. They want like the John Williams, like like yeah, you know. I get that, which I understand. Uh, but he is. All of it, like it started with, I think started with social network. Social network, yeah, yeah, which is great. And right from the beginning, it just sets the tone. And uh, it it Gone scored Girl's like an nice. action movie. That movie, the social network, is scored like a mm. fucking action movie, and mm. it is the opposite of an action movie. And like yeah. that's the one that really has that fucking pulse, where like it has grooves and you're like, why does this movie have grooves? And it's like, always oh, keeping mm-hmm. the pace. Like it's a metronome of this Sorkin script. But, uh, I think gone girls more the, it's like his version of yoga studio music. Kind of serial. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. Lots of like 
bells and chimes and then dragon mm. tattoo i think is the great in between but that fucking led zeppelin cover is crazy and that title sequence is so sick and so awesome it was actually directed by uh tim miller who did i think that was his name he directed those deadpool movies you know what i'm talking about I mean, said Deadpool when you said Tim Miller, yeah, 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 yeah. That's like he was an animation guy, and and he did yeah. the intro sequences for like this and some James Bond movies. And Reznor is a famed kind of scumbum, and you know when I think of my friends and I who really liked Nine Inch Nails when we were in junior high, I think of people who look like Rooney Mara's character in this movie, mm-hmm. and it's just the perfect fit for the perfect people all kind of in sync at once. And it sucks. There wasn't another one of these, right? Like there was, but there wasn't right. Yeah. They used the girl from um, shit. What's her name? Yeah. They used somebody else. They, they used some, they made an action movie. It released in 2018 or 19. I don't have it off the, I don't have it in front of me and they made it an action movie. And actually, honestly, I saw it in theater. It was okay. fun. It was, I mean, I'm not going to compare it to this, but it was fun. Yeah. Um, it, um, it was a Fetty Alvarez joint. That's crazy. That's right. Fre- friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Fetty Alvarez. Claire Foy is the name of the Yeah, lady. but what is she from? She was like, did a Netflix show or something. She's British. Oh, chick. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's very, very British. Um she did the crown. She's from the crown. The crown. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. She did the crown. Yeah. She, Which I don't even crown. know what that is. I just know that it's something that was popular. I like I never even tuned into that. Sounds like some stuffy British um, shit that I don't give a fuck about. So Yeah, I'm ready to go into Rex if you're ready to go into Rex. Yeah, man. Do you want me to start this one off? I have a pretty good one. Go ahead. Yeah. So I was trying to think of elevated kind of trash when I was doing all of these and those things that fit that genre of this is just a basic kind of crime. You might have stumbled on like we might actually start calling it DGen Cinema elevated trash. Elevated trash. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of like my personality and your personality. We're <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like we're, we're garbage, trash people with but... some learning and some whatever. And mm-hmm. if this trash could talk, um, <laughs> that's the spinoff pod. <laughs> Memories of of murder, the Bong Joon Ho movie. I might have mm-hmm. been his directorial debut. I'm not really sure. Um, you know, later known for films like like Parasite, um, Okja. You know. becoming one of the most famed worldwide filmmakers of all time. Um, Very simple detective crime story told in a very interesting fashion. Oh, sorry. I was going to say it's not that simple because like with the timelines, but yes. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's just taking something simple, kind of like a memento where if you told this in a linear fashion, it would be totally understandable and coherent, but you throw in those stylistic flourishes, get some incredible lead performances and a ton of technical prowess behind it. And you're able to take genre trappings and turn them into something special. Unfortunately, I mean, you're going to have to was released, This movie is released in 2003 Whoa. when, when 
film people were starting to get on uh was old boys got to be right around there yep film people were starting to get on okay south korea's got a lot of interesting shit coming out um audition was 99 audition was mm-hmm. like the movie that really um takashi mike there was when people were like white people were starting to pay attention to the Korean asian cinema. genre mm-hmm. yeah not asian korea i'm talking korea specifically and well, JSA think, also, um, the Park Chan-wook movie, that was a big movie that I remember which being movie? kind of big. Uh, JSA, the Joint Security Area. Did you ever see that when it oh, came out? I don't out? even like, know what that movie is. That's crazy. Oh, it's no, so good, it. dude. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. Yeah. Great, great movie. Early Park Chan-wook. I was, I was on the ground floor of um, North American people really caring about South Korean movies that to the point that when parasite came out i was like oh this is me being pretentious but uh-huh I'm like, oh i've seen this movie fucking 400 times through different other korean flick i mean if you were paying attention they've made this movie a bunch i love parasite dude oh man i'd take burning over parasite any day okay i i like memories of murder i think there's a certain charm to that movie Oh, Memories uh, of Murder is an incredible movie, and uh, King Ho Song—I can't even pronounce it—but that yeah. you would know when you see him. He is fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. And he and he's um, uh, Bong Jones like right hand man. He he's a he's a parasite and everything too, and he's in even in Snowpiercer, mm-hmm. which Snowpiercer is when they really started gaining momentum. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, we're getting we're getting too much, but yeah, uh, Memories of Murder is a great call. Great for, genre films coming out. Yeah, of how they're and they're solving it. My first wreck is a very unpopular one. Okay, it is Una U N A, uh, and Rooney Mara plays the title character. It's a 2016 movie. It's basically a two hander. It isn't, but virtually it's a two hander with her and Ben Men- uh, Mendelsohn, who was mm-hmm. always great, mm-hmm. and. She plays a girl, a woman who was molested as a teen by, I think Mendelssohn was like her teacher or either a fam or a, or a neighborhood friend. Huh. And they had a romantic relationship and he used to fuck her when she was like 13. Hmm. And now he's, then he got caught and he did time and he's out. And once he's out, she finds him. And she's not trying to exact revenge or anything. She's like, hey, I'm old enough. Now let's have a relationship. Huh. That sounds and crazy he says, disturbing. And he says, well, that sounds good and all, but uh, mm-hmm. you're kind of old for me now. Ooh. It's fucked. Like, it's fucked. And it doesn't, like, she doesn't go, oh, I can't believe I went through this trauma. She says, I'm so lucky to have had what i had i wish i could have more of that Oof. anyways so it's rooney mara playing a very mentally unwell person who has been through stuff through their past who has uh who is sexually disturbed and uh i'm at i was i mean i was a big fan of this movie nobody was yeah <laughs> it's nobody was <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a difficult watch. It took in a whopping six hundred and seventy thousand dollars at the box office. (laughs) (laughs) What do they call it? Hebophilia. That's like the opposite of pedophilia. Like when you're 
obsessed with banging older people. That's like okay. a tough subject to tackle. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Looking forward to May December. Let us know in the comments if you want us to do a May December episode. Um no, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go for an underrated gem from maybe the most famous and prolific working director in motion pictures nowadays, which is 2002's Insomnia, directed by Christopher Nolan, starring Al Pacino in his Hey Ya phase, uh, Robin Williams and Hilary Swank about Robin detectives. Williams when he was just starting to, because this is 2001, I believe. I uh, yeah, really 2002, like, 2002, like around then. Yeah, 2002, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And uh, this is Robin Williams before he was, he had done Goodwill Hunting, which is the late 90s, but he mm-hmm. wasn't, he was not only doing a serious role, but he was playing a flat out villain. Yeah, he did that afterwards in some movies too, like um, One Hour Photo. One Hour Photo. Yeah, yeah. That was after. Mm-hmm. That was after all that. Yeah, where he mm-hmm. started taking these more dramatic um off-colored kind of roles that you wouldn't associate with like literally the biggest name in family entertainment at the time mm-hmm. um i really like insomnia i think it's a really tight thriller um i love the idea of a dark movie being set in perpetual daylight well, you're i think that it's a remake of a movie starring the great stone stars card yeah where he shows his dick as stone scars guards do as all scars guards do once in a while. All scars guards show their unsheaf, unsheaf from their from their mm-hmm. guard. Their, yeah, their, their literal yeah. loincloths that they come yeah. out of their homes in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, takes place takes place in Alaska during that time where apparently in Alaska there's like something happens with it gets wild with the sun and you get like it, it extended days of just like the sun doesn't set. And, yeah, because of the curvature and the the yeah. the tilted orbit, there's those like couple month period where it's like almost always daylight and almost always mm-hmm. darkness. Yeah, certain parts of the world, Norway, it's like that too. Yeah, it's speaking of prolific, wonderful filmmakers of the 2010s, I'm going with Prisoners. Oh. Uh, Denis Villeneuve's I had this on my 2013. And this is a very obvious, um, I'm just doing a one-for-one companion flick. You're just solving a, you're solving a movie, sorry, you're solving a crime, and the, the director is directing the hell out of it, and it makes, everything looks very stark. Mm-hmm. It looks, uh, everyone speaks slowly, and you are, there's a detachment throughout, just like in Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Yeah, I had this on my list also really because of the like total despair and graphic subject matter in which it tackles Um, Mm -hmm. and also the reveals at the end where it's like this big family plot thing. Um, Maybe Hugh Jackman's best performance. Definitely Hugh Jackman's best performance. No, Prestige is his best performance. Really? Over prisoners? Over that scene where he's bashing Paul Dano's hand? Not even close. Yeah, Prestige is, is incredible. Wow. Go back, wow. watch Prestige, folks. Yeah. I don't care if you're into film or not into film. I'm telling you, you will very much enjoy that movie. 
I think Prisoners would be a tough watch if I had a child. I always think about that when I watch that movie. I think it is for a lot of people. Prisoners? Yeah. 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 I think that's a tough one. Um, Talking about extremely prolific filmmakers, uh, for my final rec, I'm taking one who's been knighted by the, uh, the crown of the United Kingdom. Um, not his finest hour, nor his darkest hour. I think that was a movie he made, too. Um, Sir Ridley Scott's Hannibal. <laughs> Unwatchable. Unwatchable. Disagree. Um, totally watchable movie, but gnarly. Like, for the sake of doing... No- I didn't know Ridley had this in him. I didn't think anyone had this in them. This movie is really 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 gross to use the same adjective it was odd because like, it was a it was a delayed sequel to science of the lambs which was a cultural phenomenon mm-hmm. which was what is that 92 yeah 92, 92 yeah 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 yep yeah. hannibal is uh, nine years later yeah. and anthony hopkins is horrific horrific <laughs> it's hannibal in it <laughs> he's uh, so goofy and for some reason they so they and then they got Julianne Moore who's just uh-huh. in over her head who was uh-huh. a wonderful actress but the best and Gary Oldman is so fucking wacky having the, the time of his life dude mm-hmm. yeah who feeds people to pigs yes 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 yeah yeah he feeds people to pigs so uh, Ray Liotta I, I, eats I saw his this own movie in, you know I saw that? this movie in high school on a date with wow. this chick I really date. like the, this chick I had a big crush on and we had, so we were like 17 and there were like these 12 year old, 13 year old kids behind us. And they were doing the whole, like kicking our chair doing whatever, like just being as annoying as people at a movie theater could be. Ugh. And she goes, Oh, these kids are really annoying me. Right. They're really bad. And I go, fuck, I'm just going to have to say something here. Right. And mm-hmm. I turn around and I go, Hey, and they're like, they look at me and they're kind of being like, Hey, we're young kids. We're like doing whatever I go. Hey. And they go, yeah. And I go, Hey, and I go, they look at me. And I go, shut the fuck up <laughs> like that. Right. Yeah. And they yeah. stop. And then they had a girl with them and the girl goes, you didn't say please. And I go, no. look at her and I go, and I look at her and I go, shut the fuck up, please. <laughs> and they just froze, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right. And we watched the movie, and then it was like chill after that. But there's tension, you know? And then uh-huh. afterwards, the girl I'm with is like, I can't believe you did that. And she wasn't like, that was great. She was like, that was the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> she hated it. And <laughs> yeah. ever since then, I'm like, okay, if anybody, if, and from going forward in my life, I've never confronted anybody, no matter how annoying they are at a movie theater. I just move away. If you're annoying mm-hmm. me, I just stand up and change seats. I yeah. don't say anything. Because you yeah. never say, and also, folks, if someone's annoying you in a movie theater, don't say anything. Just it doesn't move. fix anything. Just move. It doesn't help just move. Yeah, just they're going to be annoying. Just move. They're going to be annoying. They're going to continue, and then they're going to resent you. And there's certain times they might assault you. So it's not True. worth it. Just, True. just. Just even if you go, I can take this person. No, that's not. It, you shouldn't be fighting in a movie. Just, just, move. Yeah. just move. That's it. It's that simple. Anyways, Ray Liotta eats his own brains in Hannibal, and <laughs> <laughs> forgot that. 
<laughs> yeah, they like because he's all like nah. he's all he's drugged like, up, yeah. and they yeah, like yeah, yeah, they yeah. scoop his brains out yeah, and yeah. like feed it to him on a dish, and he eats it. Um, and then yeah, that might be ha- this. Okay, this is the worst. This is the worst wreck made on this podcast. Hannibal Lecter feeds brains to a child in the final scene on an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember that. Yeah, the kid's like, "What are you having?" Ooh, <laughs> take a little. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> and he's got like in a little tray thing, and yeah, he's got uh, a little Tupperware. Yeah, my, my last my... rack, unless. Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just going to gratuitously talk about all the gross things in Hannibal. Just so, no, 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 no. Let's stop, move. No, stop, let's move on. Stop, let's move on. Stop, that's stop. enough. That's way too much from Hannibal, anyways. Um, Stay tuned for my the next one. My last one is again similar to yours. Not a great movie. Uh, the Accountant, starring mm. Ben Affleck, uh, directed by someone I've never even heard of, <laughs> mm-hmm. Gavin O'Connor. I don't even know who you are. Sorry. Oh, Gavin O'Connor. He film. made uh, Triple Frontier. Remember when I recommended Triple Frontier <laughs> during our Netflix? <laughs> oh pod? God! Oh God! <laughs> the Accountant makes Triple Frontier look like Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Um, yeah, the, it, and the only comparison is about an autistic person who Elizabeth uh, is definitely in this movie. They don't even they don't use the word autism, but like mm-hmm. whereas in the accountant they spell it out, which they don't mm-hmm. need to spell it out and show his childhood. Mm-hmm. Let me show you childhood. He was autistic and he learned how to deal with it. This is like, I mean, you could have been a lot more subtle. It's a very heavy-handed movie. Ben Affleck does his best. There's a montage where he is literally accounting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's literally like numbers going and he's accounting <laughs> it's like a four minute montage it's uh-huh. crazy mm-hmm. uh, there's some solid action and um, what's his name from Sicario I always think of, uh, John Bernthal is mm. is uh, cast opposite him you know what you can totally skip it please skip our last two wrecks but we're just we're showing you that our wrecks don't necessarily mean we're just kind of yeah. Hey, we're they giving you fit. pairings and they just fit. And 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 maybe you start with the crappy ones and then you find out that then you work your way up to Una or you work your way up to you know, prisoners or something. <laughs> just don't watch Live by Night. Nobody likes Live by Night. Um Ugh. Yeah. Remember that half like made good movies? Yeah. Yeah. And totally he has fine. made some wonderful movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll do the town someday on this show. You'll get our gem cast, uncut gem, from the accountant, or from the town. The town, yeah, uncut gem. Um, I hope everyone had a really nice Thanksgiving. Got to spend it with their family and their friends and their loved ones. And I hope everyone is having a very lovely time as we approach the holiday season. Dgen Cinema will be kicking off another festive month. We had spooky sleazing in October, and now we have XXX Miss, the return of Xander Cage. Triple X Miss. Triple X Miss. Triple X Miss, the return of Xander Cage. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> please remember to rate, review, subscribe on whatever podcast provider you're listening to this on. Please remember to give us five stars and a follow on Spotify. Leave reviews on Apple Podcasts. If you want to follow the day-to-day lives of Brendan and I, you can reach out on social media on our Instagram at Cinema, And you can also shoot us an email at Cinema at gmail.com. Brandon, can we kill this now? <laughs>